UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Um, before I even got into podcasting, I was a fan of the person who's I'm having on my show today, and that's none other than Joshua Lewis of Hope Paranormal. Um, he has m- made like enormous strides into reaching out with contacting the ones that have passed on to the other side, if you want to put it that way um he's reached out to celebrities he's reached out to rappers um everybody you can think of that that has kind of crossed over the other side because it like me he has this you know yearning to to know like what's going on when we pass over when we leave this mortal coil so i find that really interesting because that was one of the whole reasons why i started this podcast is i want to know what happens when we die if we could ever figure that out but Josh seems to have like a grasp on a little bit of what goes on in the afterlife. Um, it's sometimes, so uh, I just want to give him a big warm welcome to the show, but a little bit more about my guest, Joshua Lewis, someone with a troubled past, struggled to understand the world around him with his purpose in it. Following a spiritual path, he came to, he would come to understand his purpose in a very profound way. In 2012, his intuitive nature drew him to seek the truth regarding paranormal events and the existence of an afterlife. What he got was way more than he bargained for. As intuitive abilities developed, he discovered he was able to communicate with souls on the other side. With his new group, HOPE, H-O-P-E, Helpers of Paranormal Entities, and his intuitive ability, he dedicated his time to helping stuck spirits cross over, as well as grieving people looking for closure. Using a wide array of technological devices combined with intuitive means, Josh has been able to successfully reconnect many people with their deceased loved ones. In addition to his work and research in the afterlife, Josh is a devoted father and owner of a successful hookah bar, cafe, and filmmaker. And um, yeah, I just want, again, I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. Josh. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate you, man. I, I, you know, we've talked before and uh, your, you know, your kind words mean a lot. So thank you, man. Yeah, I think like, you know, like one thing that I picked up from my audience, like, is that like, a lot of my audience is like, it's like how I because I, I, I had a troubled past like you, you know, I just don't really talk about it much, you know what I mean? Because I, I don't think I'm, I'm ready to share that with my audience yet. But I've picked up from my audience that a lot of my audience has had like, troubled past too. It seems like we all kind of kind of meet or like we you know I, I don't know why that is but um mm. th- is that kind of what happened to you in your life as well well I think that the fact that I found recovery I found 12 steps in recovery um 
helped me a great deal in kind of like, you know, there's a part in our readings that says, you know, we shall not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will see how our experience can benefit others. Um, you know, that no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we can see how what we've been through can help someone else. And so I think that that, you know, got me okay with sharing more about the nitty gritty of what I've been through, you know what I mean? And just owning it and just being like, you know, that's what it is. And I'm not going to hide. I can't hide from that. Um, I understand that people aren't ready to, cause you know, I've been judged for it. Um, and, but I've just kind of, I rather take it head on and say, this is what it is. So if you got a problem with what happened to me in my past, um, you know, that's totally okay. Just know up front, this is where I'm, you know, it's been 18 years since I've had a drink. Um, you know, I work very actively in 12 step programs and helping others that are recovering guys that are, you know, older, younger, going through the 12 steps. And really the whole point of the 12 steps, even though it's kind of like, you know, you go there or you would go to a meeting, let's say, because of maybe alcohol or drugs or sex or gambling, you know, those are all vices of, of addiction that in in the big book of you know ironically alcoholics anonymous which is of course where it all came from it says the whole point of this book is to get you in touch with a power greater than yourself that could restore you to sanity that could help you with all your problems so really they're saying it's really just to help you get in touch with god and my whole channel why i started even doing this work it was, yes, I was curious about the other side. I wanted to know without watching Bagans or any other person, what is really going on? I want to find out myself, right? But I had a belief in a higher power, a, a God of my understanding, right? It doesn't have nothing to do with religion. I'm not talking about nothing to do with religion. I'm talking about the science that we are light, that we are not a permanent human being. We know this that consciousness does move on after the physical body dies okay in some form okay in a lot of ways and i could go into detail about that but that there is a source of love light a uh, source of creation and that it is intelligent it is benevolent and that it is active in our lives if we want to actively seek that connection um it's there it's not like we have to go outside of ourselves to see it's it's really within but anyway Without going off on a tangent, that's really the whole crux of why I share what I share. I do what I do. You mentioned that I reach out to well-known people. Um, I reach out to 75% of the souls that I'm reaching out to are really regular people. They're people that are loved ones. They're getting clients. There's group sessions I do for just, they're not well-known people, right? And those people are the superstars, really, because they're the ones that have worked with me on the other side continuously month after month. They come through, they test my equipment, they test new programs, they test my apps, they work with me. And it's not easy to come through. And they come through and they bring messages of love and hope and of proof of the other side. Now, sometimes I will reach out to well-known people because I think that it's amazing. I give them a chance to speak. I cannot say a hundred percent that I know it's them because how could I, how could anyone say that it's a hundred percent 
that person unless, you know, when I'm at, I'm an evidential medium, that means that when I'm giving a mediumship reading and I'm not using boxes or equipment or recorders or apps or anything else, I only use my own ability. I have to get something that's coming through that's going to be specific. It's going to be undeniable. It's going to be evidence that it is that person. Um, so I do that in my well-known sessions too. I mean, I'm looking for them to, to, to verify themselves in some way. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't press them. I just want to talk to them. And I give them an opportunity to come through. And, you know, I give them their own voice back with all gibberish. You know, I have the hope voice signature method, which is taking someone's voice, real voice, reversing it, slowing it down to about 60%. So now we got 60% reversed audio, then chopping it up into two separate increments and randomly rearranging it into an MP3 of pure gibberish. There is not one word in this track. Now I feed that through my box or my app or my program with a little bit of reverb, a little bit of echo, it elongates the sound wave, and it gives them this, this, this canvas to work with, in a sense, you know, giving them paint and a canvas to, you know, manipulate that sound to form their own response. And it is, um, it's just amazing. Hold on, I think my child is knocking. I can pause it, I'll pause it. Okay. So it, it, it's using the raw sound for the, for the soul to form their own response and they're able to do it. And it's absolutely amazing. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just a mind blowing thing, but they all talk about, this is the point. This is this long winded response that I'm giving you is the point of this response is uh, regardless of whether it's a regular person or a well-known person, right? Every experience is somewhat different, of course, on the other side, because just as our experiences here on earth are different, everyone has their own perception of their experience. But they talk about a God. They talk about the light. They talk about finding their loved ones. They talk about, you know, um, being in a great place. Now, sometimes there's some that are in emotionally still not accepting of what happened to them. They're trying to get over some stuff. Um, they're dealing with their death. Maybe they're dealing with regret, some anger, resentment, something, and they're not completely, you know, fully transitioned to the light yet. Um, but nothing, you know, it, it's not, they're not in pain. Like they're not, you know, the majority of what I get is all positive, beautiful experiences on the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah. And th this all started with um, I, something that I didn't know about, but the, you, it's in the notes here, instrumental transcommunication. Now, people have been doing this for years, right? Like, right. But, but in different ways. Like you just happen to you be or you're at a time where technology is a lot better. So you can you've been able to tweak things in this area and kind of reform your own. Uh, and it's amazing what you've done. It's like um, nobody else is really. I mean, I, I think there's a couple people, but like you really like you're like kind of like a pioneer in this field, right? I I mean, I, you know, I appreciate it. I would I do I would say that I'm one of the top guys that are are doing some type of advanced ITC, and ITC is really just you know it's instrumental transcommunication. But you know, people are confused. They think ITC sometimes is really just like a very 
Um, I don't want to say it's a niche thing, but it's like, or a very, you know, really what it is, is that if you use a simple voice recorder, that's ITC. If you're using any tool to communicate with the other side, it's instrumental transcommunication. Those things are instruments and you're, you're, you're communicating, you know, interdimensionally um, with a, with a, with a tool. When we are, you know, we are an instrument. We are the best paranormal piece of equipment we have. And so we have to be intuitive. We got to tap into that. We got to tap into that intuitive ability, that, uh, that intuition. And, and so we are, you know, an ITC tool pretty much. So it's, it, it, you know, it could be a spirit box, a voice recorder, you know, even using the dowsing rods is like a, a very crude form of ITC, but it did start with guys like Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla. These guys were creating contraptions, apparatuses, devices to communicate with the other side. Um, Tesla more so um, feeling it was alien, ET, um, uh, not knowing really what to make of it. These were scientists. They were not going to make bold statements, but they did make factual statements in that we are receiving intelligent responses from, from what is seemingly thin air or from another dimension. Um, you know, they are responding to us. And then you've got guys like Konstantin Radovau, who was a, um, a Latvian scientist. And, um, you know, he did a lot of EVP work. Marcello Bacci is someone who, um, you know, brought in, you know, allowed researchers to come and witness him communicating with a radio that had the transistor taken out of it. So it was just using the white noise and the frequency um, where they were coming through and he would help grieving parents um, connect with their with their children that passed. So, you know, there's a lot of proof. And yet, you know, mainstream science is still not you know, ready. I mean, I'm called all kinds of names. I'm, you know, attacked on a daily basis, especially because I, I might reach out to well-known people. They say you're doing that for views. And I would say yes and no. Of course, I'm doing it for views. I want people to see this work. Okay. So I'm going to ask for a well-known person that I either thought highly of or that is being requested. And then I'm going to show them the proper respect and the time and give them an opportunity to speak. And I'm going to share that. And I, as I've been doing for the last 10 years on my channel for people to see, um, there's nothing fake about what I do. I've done it. You know, it's so, it's so crazy. It's like, not only have I done it live, not only have I done it for over 3000 people with evidence being received, undeniable proof in every session, verifiable stuff that I've captured before authorities have released the information that I've captured through the boxes. Um, I've worked with the Bix Institute, the Bigelow Institute of Consciousness Studies, where they performed, they conducted two experiments on me with my own ability and my equipment, proving that it is effective and it works, right? Forget about all of those other amazing things that I just brought up. How about this? What I'm using in every video for my sessions I've given to you for free. I've given to you for a small price for you to use. The, the HSB One is my free app, the Hope Spirit Box app um, on iOS and Android, and the Hope Spirit Box Pro, which is only for desktops and computers. That you know, that's a paid program. The the device is a free app. Um, that's all I'm using. 
That's all I'm using to get the evidence I'm getting. So it's not some proprietary box that costs thousands of dollars that only I can use or one guy, another guy that he makes and he can only use them and whatever. This is a thing that I've given to every person for them to test and use and research themselves and conduct their own experiments with it. And I'm showing you my process, my method. There's no skeptic question I can't answer. You know, as long as you're respectful. You know, there's guys that make these attack videos on me and they go, you know, we're debunking hope today, you know, or something, you know, and I watch them sometimes, not all of them. I, sometimes I'll see them come across and I'll watch them and, you know, they're frustrating to watch because the guys are doing it just for views themselves and that they're trying to, you know, they're trying to slander a lot of people. It sucks, you know, but they don't debunk anything that they, they, they never debunk anything that I'm doing. They just say, oh, this guy thinks he's talking to this person or this. And, and you know, it's a shame, but uh, it's all part of the game. It's all part of the deal. You know yeah. what I think it is, Josh? Like, I don't think they understand the process. Like, and I think if people understand, I mean, like, even though I know you've thoroughly explained the process, you're but right. Like, that's rude on their part that they're not even looking into understand the process. Because here's what I think I think it's hard for someone on the other side to get the energy to um, talk. And then you're providing like this, like reverb or, or, or noise or energy. I don't, I don't know exactly it's, how it's you just do noise. it. It's noise. It's noise. Yeah. That gives them that, um, that ability to, you know, muster up that energy and try to speak. So obviously it's not going to be a clear voice that comes out all the time. It's going to no. be, you know, like it, it's, it's like, it, it, it's not like they're going to say, Hey, my name's Joe and I died and this and that. And like, I mean, like, it's going to probably be a little bit off because we're dealing with something otherworldly. It is. It is. Yeah. The responses are not exactly how you and I talk. Sometimes I get the extreme direct responses of, yes, that's what I said. Yes, it's me. I'm here. You're right. You know, like they'll say these things and they'll answer very direct and very clear. And so there are plenty of, of examples of that in my research. Um, but no, sometimes they don't directly answer the question. It's a it's like the answer pertains to what I asked them, but it's not a direct answer. It's kind of like an indirect way of answering it sometimes, you know? And I mean, there's times that they can't fully hear what I'm saying. There's times that I'm cutting off part of their response. You know, they're saying something longer and then I'm opening my noise gate to let some of that sound come out, but it's only sometimes getting a part of their response. So it, it sounds partial or whatever. But what's yeah. great about the process is I just want to say this. What's great about the process is, is that you can't get a false positive. You can't get a word or a phrase coming through in it not being a spirit. If they're not using it, you're only getting gibberish. So when they do use it and it is like, you know, a three, four, five word response, you're like, holy cow, I've been doing this 10 years and I'm still, my mind is blown every freaking session because it sinks in every time. Again, just a little more that I am absolutely communicating with this person. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fascinating. One thing I wanted to bring up as far as like the technology goes, I have an old piece of technology here. I'm going to show it in the camera. You probably know what this is. It's a, uh, my ex-girlfriend gave me this. It's a- Right, that's ITC. It's a PSB7 and it's a $78, you know, uh, 
you know, spirit box that is, hold on, someone's trying to call me here and get rid of that. Um, you know, and that, that was the first thing I started using, man. And that's very effective. The problem with that is it's not even a problem. It's just that it's noisy. It's got a lot of white noise. It's hard to understand some of the responses, but you have to record. You have to record your sessions and you have to devote almost double the, so if it's a 10 minute session you recorded, you need to re, you need to review it for at least 30 minutes, that footage. So that's a whole hour, at least commitment to just recording for 10 minutes. So the majority of people just will turn it on, they'll listen, they may record, but very few actually go back and thoroughly really review their findings. And that, and that sucks because, you know, spirit is taking the energy, like you said, time to lead the responses, then, you know, we have to really go through this stuff. You know what I mean? Would it be, is it, would it be more beneficial for me to use the hope spirit app? Like, um, I would use both. Like I would use both, right? So like that, like that's a perfect example. Like I use, I don't use just one thing. I use both of my app, my my app on the phone. I'll use in a session. I'll even use the computer. Of course, I'll use the computer version. Then I'll use another app or another spirit box, just as a, and then I'll take my voice recorder. And, and and the goal is to have the conversation kind of go from one device to the next device, but to still be talking to the same spirit. And that happens all the time, you know, for me and what I'm doing. So, yeah, I would do like I would open up and do six, seven minutes with the PSB7, turn it on, turn it to about 200 milliseconds, scan, um, you know, try AM. If you're in a rural area, you may not get a lot of talk stations. You could try FM. You're going to get some radio or some uh, music coming in 200 250, I wouldn't go above 250. I wouldn't go below 200 on the skip rate. Um, and then I would keep it there. And I'd record for six minutes, make sure you are recording, you know? And then when you're done and you feel like you've maybe made a connection or you feel like you've, you're, you know, you're hearing someone, you really got to make a connection with yourself first. So to turn on the box and just be like, hey, who's there? Who wants to talk to me? Like kind of like a CB radio kind of thing or like a hammer, I don't know, whatever. That's okay to do, but you want to be like, I want to connect with this person. I want to connect with my guides. I want to connect with, with a loved one, you know, and maybe ask for a friend, a loved one. You're going to get others maybe popping in to say hi or, or saying something, but you want to have a focused intent. And when you, and so after recording for six, seven minutes with the PSB seven, then you go to the hope spirit box app. And, you know, you pick either the mixed gender, so you got male and female, or you can, if you're looking to speak with a, a guide, a male guide, you can go with a middle-aged male voice. Again, this is all gibberish in these banks. So, you're, you know, there's no words, no preloaded words. And then, you you know, and you ask a question. And when you ask a question, you hit record on the thing and you ask a basic question. And when you open that gate, you only want to open that gate for literally this long. You see how, how, how long like this long for like the second you open it you want to close it the second you open that gate you want to close it now if you want to experiment on the next one and just go a little bit longer and then close it but people are opening it for like this long and then closing it that's a lot of sound coming through that the spirit may be forming and giving a response 
but it's going to be mixed in with the gibberish and it's going to be hard for you to hear. The goal is we're trying to give them just enough audio that they're going to be able to use all of it and form a whole phrase of response that doesn't have gibberish on the front or the tail end of it. Yeah. Okay. So that's the idea, but you got to review it. You're not going to always, you know, I hear, you know, maybe 20% of what comes through in real time, 20, 30%, if that, you know what I mean? And so I have to go back and listen. Yeah. Like how long did it take you to figure all this out? Because this seems like it would be a little bit tedious. Like, but I, I think for someone who's really into the paranormal, it can be an adventure as well, but it, it seems, it does seem like it could be a little bit like, you know, like, it, it takes a lot of work, right? It's not it's time consuming. Something... Yeah, it's time consuming. It is tedious. It is tiring. But when you get to the level that I'm on right now, I should say, and I'm not saying that in any kind of egotistical, I'm just saying when you get to the level where you've been able to really make some serious strides, you know that those answers are found in the subtle moments and so that you really do have to put in this kind of legwork to get the results that I'm getting um and I you know I can't speak to any other channels anymore I've said this before I I just I've I've you know I don't know about anyone else anymore their work I can't speak to their work anymore there's a lot of people doing a lot of nefarious crappy things um pers- you know morally and just I mean whatever so if you care about the true form of spirit communication. Like if you care about it, you care about spirit soul and you care about people enough that when you do this and you like, or you're able to make your own connection with someone on the other side and you hear three, four responses that are direct responses to you. And they say, thank you. Or I'm here, man. I love you. Like it's all good or we're around you helping or something like that. When you hear those kinds of things, if you're not hooked instantly for life, then maybe it's just not your bag. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like the minute I heard those things to know that that all existed just right on the other side of the veil is the most of it. It's it's life changing. Because when you realize that and you understand that it's hard for you to just go back to working a nine to five in a cubicle or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just hard to go back to living life without giving thought or real effort to what's there and the connection that goes into that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because it it makes you think like, what is really our purpose here then? Like, if it seems like, I mean, it seems like whoever this creator is or this God, it seems like they, they, he, she, it, this energy has a a much bigger purpose for humanity. Um, And I'm not even sure what that is, but it's just like, let's try this out. Let's try this out. This is just a theory, of course. Right. So, but you have. The one thing that this benevolent, all-knowing, all-powerful creator, what's the one thing you think that it, he, she, it doesn't have? I don't know. I know, right? That's a crazy question, right? It's like, what can't be nothing. It can't be anything. It has to have everything, right? There could be nothing that it is wanting for, but there is. There's one thing 
that this power doesn't have. Of course, as I'm about to say it. Would it be a, a human body or, or is that? Oh, oh, let me pause this. Little four-year-old, sorry. I, I I admire that you're a you're a, you're a dad man like that's 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 gotta be you I mean you own a hookah bar too and yeah you're a filmmaker and a dad and you do this which is very time consuming well this is what I do, do full time thank you I am I you know I have eleven and four year old daughters um, the four year old is like two children in one she's real you know she's real got a lot of energy you know what I mean uh, she's amazing they're both amazing I have and I was in the film you know, business. And I made two, two feature films and produced them. And I have this hookah bar, but this is full time. And what I do, and I make a fraction of what I used to make. So it is hard sometimes, but it's all good, man. Cause it's the most rewarding. What I got to do today for someone, what I got to do yesterday for someone is the biggest honor that I could ever think because I'm being used by my higher powers, how I feel. And so what I wanted to tell was that the one thing that God, this God, does not have, that cannot make it happen, is our love. And that's all it, he, she wants. And why is that the case? Well, because God created everything, the multiverse, everything, like whatever that unquantifiable power is however we can't understand the this unmanifested energy father mother divine father mother that's everywhere but that you know is the source of creation is intelligent but let's just say that you know it created everything and experienced everything until it decided at some point to release billions of points of consciousness little points of consciousness of itself out into the universe and those little points of consciousness of itself are us we are made up of we are essentially god not the one god we are made up of the one god and then we were let we were given something the most amazing gift ever in the universe and at times a curse but the greatest gift was free will we have the ability to be and do and say whatever we want now mind you there are consequences for any of those actions good effects and negative effects but it doesn't mean we don't have the ability to decide whatever we want that means i can go countless existences lives reincarnated lives over and over without acknowledging the fact that i am made up of god that i have a connection to the source of creation and i can do this and i can actually i have the choice to hate it i can hate it if i want and that power that creation will will kind of you know will be upset in, it, in itself that that its children don't want it want the father or the mother the divine father mother but it will not impede itself onto you still it will not come down and go you know what i'm tired of this i'm your father mother you love me damn it 
kind of like sometimes the parents, a parent will do when the kid's not listening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's such unconditional love, but we have to choose it. We have to choose it. And so right now, when we talk about an ascension, you know, there's this collective consciousness, right? And there's this ascension somewhere, you know, there's this masses, you know, where is the ascension going? The ascension are the points of consciousness ascending back to the source. So you got out of these billions and billions and billions of points of consciousness, trillions, really. I mean, who knows? Because there's others on the other side, too. Not just what's on Earth. That are some are going, yes, God, I want you. I'm choosing you. I'm coming back to you. I'm going to fight through this ascension. I'm going to get to you. And some are going, oh, no. No, no, no. I don't want that God. I don't want that God that punishes people. It's judgmental, kills kids and does all this negative things with wars and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't believe in a God that's denying the existence of a creator and had nothing to do with religion. So eventually those, those skeptics, those atheists, those whatever, you know, are going to have to kind of come to terms with, with that, come to have some spiritual awakening. But, you know, that could take a million years of just normal spiritual human evolution. You know, they say it takes a soul not really going after self-realization or, 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 you know, God or whatever. There, it says that it takes uh, them a million human years of lives to fully spiritually evolve. But that if you meditate and you actually go after it, you actually really put effort towards it every day instead of just making money and becoming your status and, and what you can get and who you can, you know, all this other stuff, you know, the vanity, the five senses more. If you focus on actually having a, a conscious contact with God, you're going to cut that million years by a massive amount of time. Not to mention where you are right now is at the highest point of your evolution. And, you know, you may not feel it like it's like a great spot, but your soul is going through it's some of its lessons from previous lives and you're kind of working through that. So, you know, but anyone that starts to kind of wake up, you know, the Neo, like they wake up and they can kind of start, you know, man, that's then you get on that journey, dude. And it's it's a it's it's a real evolution. It's a real ascension, you know. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about was um, I've heard you talk in other podcasts that you, you, you're like, you're, you, you're really motivated by Jesus and Yogananda. Mm -hmm. And I, I find those two figures fascinating. Can you talk about um, why you picked those two? I mean, a lot of people follow Jesus, right? I mean, but like, but Yogananda, you know, a lot of people know he wrote the or the, the book or the, the book was written, the autobiography of a yogi. It's an amazing book. But um, I mean, maybe you could tell a lot more about than me. Like, what 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 got you on those two figures or ascended masters so, or whatever you want to call them? Yeah, yeah. So I was raised Catholic, so of course I was introduced to like the bleeding guilt jesus all the time you know like really it's just you know i'm not knocking catholicism but there are some points to it that i don't necessarily agree with and so i was raised in that um so there was an introduction i i really accredit my understanding or my early introduction to christ with my uh, from my mother my mother's a really 
you know, spiritual, you know, I wouldn't say religious. She's spiritual. She does still go to church sometimes and, you know, whatever took me to Sunday school and all that stuff. Um, but she talked a lot about her personal relationship with Christ. And that was really helpful. I lost sight of that for a long time. Uh, addiction came about. And so just, you know, I didn't care about, you know, Jesus or anyone else. I, they are God. I was really just looking for the high and I was going down a bad path and it was, it was the bottom. But when I was in prison, I went to prison for two and a half years for shooting a dope dealer um, in a deal that gone bad. And, and, and I, I shot him six times. And luckily the seventh shot uh, uh, was aimed for his head and it, it jammed, the gun jammed. So I didn't kill him. That was attempted murder. And, um, and then I committed another crime shortly about 30 days after that, because I was out on bail and uh, and I really screwed my life up, man. Like I was facing life in prison. That was it. It was a deal. They, they gave me 20 years. They said, take the deal because if you lose, you're going to get life. So just take the 20 and you may actually get out when you're freaking, you know, 45. You know, I'd be probably getting out in three years. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it, it's just crazy. And, you know, Holy shit, man. Yeah, Holy dude. Shit. Like my life were, was over. When people say downward spiral, you were really at the bottom, right? I was done, bro. I was oh. done. Wow. I was done. There was no that they they were like punishable by life is what they that's what the charge is held a PBL, um, and then somehow, you know, I was given a two and a half year deal because I held out long enough where I bluffed the state that I had. You know, I, I had a lawyer and all this stuff. I didn't have crap. I couldn't afford anything, but I was, I, I, I put in for a speedy trial and the state was not ready. They wanted more time. And I said, no, you're going to trial now. And we're going to, and I, I couldn't go to trial. I would have lost big time, but I bluffed them. And they said, you know what? We're willing to give you two and a half years and let's get this settled out. And I was like, done. And it still sucked because I had to go to prison for two and a half years still, right? Like, I was on the bright side. It was not, it was only 20 years. I mean, it wasn't 20 years anymore, but um, so prison was really hard. Like it wasn't easy at all. It wasn't cushy. It wasn't white collar. I was going to where the big boys are and for lifers and all that, you know, and I was far away from my house and there was no air conditioning. And so I was in the middle of the Everglades, no air conditioning in a cell at three in the morning and no lights, you know, and I'm just sweating. I wake up with the worst headache in the world. Like, I mean, it was a pounding migraine and I felt the presence of something evil for the first time in my life, like ever. Like it was the most, I could, could have been the devil himself, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It was the most evil feeling. And all I could do was call out to Jesus Christ instinctually, just like, you know, from my, from just my introduction as a kid, like it's all I knew to do. And within moments, I felt this wave of peace rush over me. I started to cool off. The headache started to, to calm. And I just went to sleep like, like a baby. Like I just was like, I felt instant, like the thing was cast out or was out of my cell. And, you know, nothing is, I mean, there's nothing but negative energy in prison. There's not like, it's not like, you know what I mean? You think like it's all bad energy bad people bad energy it's not bad people but you know what i mean like it is bad people but like it you know people can recover and there are good people in there that like you know what i mean but like the majority of the people in there don't 
care and don't, and they're willing to kill again and rape and all that. So the energy sucks. So to have that feeling come over me, that was amazing. And so I never forgot that, you know, and I never forgot asking for help when I was at the bottom of my addiction and this woman showing up out of nowhere and talking to me at a time when I needed a human being to talk to. And I asked God to send a person and, they, and he did. So there was these introductions to that, but Christ really started revealing himself more to me, more and more. And then when I started this work, that's when he was like, yeah, like I'm here and I'm going to work with you because I've been wanting and waiting for you. And it was a very like, he had been waiting for me to arrive moment kind of feeling or something. So it was kind of pre understood, you know, there was a plan, but I was like, I needed to go through that hell you know, uh, first, or I chose to go through that hell and then he was going to save me from it. You know, he saved me from it. That's the point I'm making. He saved me. And now I owe my life to him and I don't owe it to him because like, Oh, I owe a debt because the, you know, the guy that, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I want it's, it's cause I want everyone else to understand what that love and connections like, or to feel that if I can help share that. And so you know, being with that connection and, and cultivating that, working on that, strengthening that connection with him. Years later, I was introduced to Paramahansa Yogananda. And at first I wasn't really like, I just saw this guy that looked like a woman almost, like it was like a feminine look. I didn't know what to think. I wasn't into other cultures, religions, really, you know what I mean? Like whatever. And then I was like, I kind of, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. But then didn't take, and then one day I, I like something told me to open it again, the book, uh, you know, autobiography of, you know, of a yogi. And it just, it grabbed me in a way that, you know, I needed to, I guess, discover a lot more through my research first, because when I started reading his book, that's when I noticed that whatever he was talking about, for the most part, I already had found out now through my ITC and mediumship research. So I'm going, whoa, this guy is confirming what I already found through scientific research. So then I'm more inclined to believe more of what he's saying. And so shortly after I was reading his book, I started to notice that in my sessions, the guides were talking about Yogananda. They were mentioning his name. Then a voice came through my box one day, like, where without me providing anything, it was like I wasn't even talking to him. And all of a sudden, this voice, this like disembodied voice in my in my box came through and it said, Paramahansa. And I had never heard his voice. So that was a weird, it was like in this Indian's voice, like an Indian man's light voice. And so then I went and searched down and then there, there wasn't a lot at the time of his voice anywhere that I could find, but I found a small clip on YouTube of him talking for like a minute and where he says his name and it was his voice. It was his voice. He came through on his own and he came through multiple times after that to confirm that what he talks about in his book is that when you work with a guru, that the guru doesn't have to be there in person. 
to help you. In fact, if the guru could be on the other side, that when the guru is on the other side, they're inclined to be able to help you more. They're more powerful than they were when they were here. You just can't understand everything that they say sometimes, you know, because, you know, there's no voice like that. But that means you have to really attune yourself to that guru. So he says that when he's gone in physical form, he will be there ever so more on the other side to help his chelas, his students, his devotees. And so by him coming through my boxes multiple times, he was able to validate that statement in his book. He was able to confirm from the other side that, yes, I am scientifically still there and helping you. And that should be a message to every other student and devotee that he has um, or any other one that has gurus that are no longer here. So that's what's happening. He's been so amazing. You know, I practice Kriya Yoga now, which is the... Uh, the highest form of meditation that they have as far as, I mean, that's, I guess, for debate. There's bhakti yoga, transcendental meditation. There's other types of forms of meditation, nothing to take away from any of those others. Um, Kriya is difficult at times. It's not, you know, like I've done other forms of meditation and it's kind of easier, you know, they're easier compared to this. Um, but this is, they say that like one minute of Kriya wipes away 1,000 human years of regular spiritual ev or evolution. Well, how do you do it? Like, I, I've heard of it. I mean, and I've done like, um, I've done like a Kundalini yoga. I went with a, a, a girl I was dating at the time and we did like a Kundalini yoga class. But yeah, I never it's breathing. It's breathing. It's certain exercises. There's multiple exercises. It's not just one kind of thing. Like, you know, transcendental meditation is, is really just getting a mantra, like a, like a word, and reciting that in your mind until you lose it, until it's gone, like until you just kind of like go deep within and you're not saying the mantra anymore. And that's kind of what you want to do with transcendental meditation. This, you know, uh, a Pantanjali has, he's, a, he's a, 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 an ancient um, Indian sage, um, uh, Rishi, and he created the eight fold forms of, um, of, of meditation. Um, and so there's some aspect of that, of, of that taken from that, but this is a, this is like, you know, Mahavatar Babaji, who is in the lineage of gurus. So you've got, you know, Babaji, Lahiri Mahashaya, Swami Sri Yakshuar, and then Paramahansa Yogananda. And it's kind of like, this guy sponsored that guy. This guy sponsored that guy. This guy sponsored that guy. So it's like this lineage. And, uh, you know, Paramahansa Ji is, is, is my guru, but I love all of them. Clearly, you kind of have to, you know, and, and Jesus is in the middle of those guys, like not in the middle, like in, in some kind of order, but like all of them revered and, 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 and loved and honored Jesus Christ. And then, of course, Krishna. Um, but they, you know, Paramahansa did a lot to share about the, the real nature of Christ, not the religious nature, but the, the real nature. And this is a book that Paramahansa wrote about Christ and it's called the yoga of Jesus. That looks awesome. I got to get this that. is amazing. Like it is like, it's got a bunch of my, like I highlighted, you know, I, you know this is, this is an amazing book. 
like this is just an amazing book um you know it's just amazing he breaks down oh now this is a, a condensed version check this out it's a condensed version of this this is the second coming of christ and it's a two volume of all of the research that paramahansa did on jesus christ wow dude why, it's why do you insane. think Paramahansa went went so deep on Christ? Like because he they knew were coming from the deal. cultures. No, 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 no. Because he knew that Christ, well, first of all, hold on. Okay. Oh, that's dope. That's really okay, cool. Okay, so that's my altar to these guys. So you have Lahiri Mahashaya right here. Now he is a very inspirational guy for me because he attained enlightenment while being a householder, while being a father of children and living with a wife and like, you know what I mean? Like, like you know, these other, the, the other men, you know, took a, like a vow of celibacy at some point and just kind of, you know, they, they were, you know, monastics on their own, you know, but he did it while still having to live at home with kids and stuff. So that was interesting or, you know, for a great, a great portion of his, of his training. But right here, I'm all reversed on this. Uh, this is Mahavatar Babaji. And he is said to still exist in the Himalayas with his devotees that he can materialize and dematerialize at will. He was getting ready a long time ago to transition to the other side. And an angel showed to him, to Babaji and said, God would, he, you can come home if you want, but God would really, really love if you can kind of stay and stay on this side of the physical veil and really continue to help the ascension and evolution um, from, you know, from this side. And he was like, ugh. All right, I will. If my father asks that of me, then I will do that. So he is said, he is said to still be in a physical form and be able to manifest. And he works on this side. Um, people still go into the Himalayas and try to find him. And some say they do, you know, that they actually come upon a physical band of, of people and, and that Babaji is there, but that Jesus works hand in hand with babaji but on the other side jesus is on the other side you know right beyond the veil he's with us of course all the time but he's getting his hands dirty on the other side babaji okay so and babaji's big thing is about ego about dropping the ego it's all about so christ works with him and so that's why it's so important that when babaji came to lahiri mahashaya the householder and said i need you to bring this form of lost meditation back. It was lost in the dark ages and we need to bring it back for the sake of, of spiritual evolution and ascension. And Lahiri Maasai was like, oh, okay, this is a big task. And so, you know, and then he, Lahiri, became the uh, the guru of Swami Sri Yuxawar right here, okay? So 
This guy was his guru. He was his guru. And then he became Paramahansa's guru. And Babaji appeared to even Paramahansa and was like, you, I need you to teach what Christ taught because Christ knew it. We all know what, you know, Christ really brought the goods. And Krishna is amazing. And every, all these ascended uh, Mahavatars, but, you know, Christ really, he, you know, Krishna understood. You got the, uh, uh, the Bhagavad Gita, uh, the book um, uh, to Arjuna. And then you've got Christ's that go hand in hand with what Krishna talked about, that go hand in hand with, you know, with what Babaji um, understood. And so it has nothing to do with religion. You know, his whole thing, you know, uh, Yogananda's whole thing was about, and Babaji's was about the science of communicating with God, the science of communicating with God, because it's scientific. It's not spiritual only like this is God's everything or nothing, you know? And so like, that was the deal. And so that's why I love it. I, I love I got a, it. I got a serious question. I just, I know you focus more on the positive stuff and these ascended masters, but like, I know you're into the paranormal. So I have to ask you this question. Do you think that like these ascended masters are on the other side? And do you think there's some sort of, I don't know, like spiritual warfare going on? Because I, I, I get people who have like alien abductions and, you know, like you had an, an encounter with a dark entity, so you know they probably exist. Shadow people, um, dark spirits. Um, but what are your thoughts I don't, on all that stuff? I don't get a lot of like demon stuff. I get more of that human. I get more of that 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 the devil is real. Um, I believe that. Um, I've heard of him. I've had encounters at times. Um, where he's mentioned, he says, you know, they, the guides have said, you know, the devil's really mad at you. He's really pissed at you right now, you know? And I guess that means I'm doing something right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, um, they said that they're, you know, they're coming after you. And I, and I, and I, I've, I've had, um, you know, in the first medium that I worked with Connie, you mean, you know, one night we were working, doing this amazing soul saving session, soul circle session, you know, a rescue session and and she like one like my camera just shut off like instantly it was that never happened camera does my that that sony camera never shut off thing just shut off and the second it shut off she came through or she was channeling and and you know talking to a spirit and and like all of a sudden she got oh my god and she's like I, i'm done and she never said that before it was really weird you know and i'm like what just happened she said I know it was the devil. I just know it. I feel like that's what happened. She's like, but he just whispered in my ear. He said, tonight, when you go to sleep, you're mine. Oh, that's creepy. Oh, it was super creepy. It was a whisper. It was calm the way he said it. And we were like, what? And then we were like, Jesus, is this for real? Like, how what, are we to be afraid of this? Like what, you know? And like, just as that that devil's response came through to her in her ear a very calm but stern and confident voice came through in her channeling and said absolutely not you are protected and we have and that was over 10 years ago and we've been you know protected ever since and i feel that every bit you know i know that you know the the only thing I fear is my own self sometimes. It's my own attitude. It's my own. See, that's the thing. 
there, you know, we're here on this plane and it is more of the devil's playground, right? It, you know, you can find heaven on earth, like heaven and hell is really between your two ears because it's your perception. You know, you could have the best day of your life and the shittiest day of your life all in the same day. And really physically nothing changed. So literally your perception is what dictates that, right? But this is more of the playground of the senses, the five senses. And in the five senses is what takes us away from the spirituality. When I'm looking at stuff physically, when I'm touching, tasting, smelling, you know, that's all in the five senses. But we want to be in the sixth sense. The sixth sense is the intuitive sense. And that's where we find, that's how we perceive God. It's how we perceive our loved ones on the other side and all of that. But um, you're going to get hit with you know and it's not it's not like some outside demon with drooling fangs on the other side of the veil and you can't see him it's more of like a negative energy like a negative person that just it was a negative person when they were alive they still don't want to accept the fact that they are of the source that they're made of the source they want to still be a dark negative person and they can act like a demon they can act like a a-hole and that energy can sometimes rub off on you if you're not, if you don't have your principled protection up, right? Your connection with your higher powers, what gives you that, that protection. So if you don't have that and you're kind of hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, your defenses are down and you could be a little bit more susceptible to some troll a-hole on the other side being negative. And they could say, I'm the devil and I'm the demon. And if you hear that through some kind of like box or recorder, or you see a shadow of someone down the hall, that's going to create more fear within you. And fear is a very strong energy. Love is here. Fear is like right there. Yeah, like on the consciousness scale, right? There's like okay. a consciousness scale. Right. So if you, well, I'm just saying that the, the power, I mean, fear is a low level, low vibrating energy, right? And love yeah. is up here high. But- when I say empowered, powerful, love is more powerful than fear, but fear is a close second. And, and so when someone can elicit fear from someone, that is an energy that can be fed off of. But you know what I mean? So that's what you have. So yeah, there are aspects of, but I, you know, when I've asked people on the other side about um, hell and things like that, I've got multiple times them saying there is no hell, there is no place of evil, but there is the wolf. They've said that multiple times, that term, the wolf. The wolf, that, that makes me think that, that there could be someone that could um, try to manipulate you or come after you somehow. or um, uh, Cunning, cunning and uh, yeah, right. That's interesting that you say that. That's interesting. Yeah, the wolf, sly. And like, like, like the fox maybe, but the, the, the wolf is a, a great hunter um, and is cunning. Um, and that's what this, you know, that's what it is. So you got to be careful of that. So yes, there is that. But, uh, you know, that's why you find those guys on the wall. Yeah, Those yeah, guys on the wall. Like you, I was, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, it seems like you're very grounded and you have this like, um, benevolent connection to whatever you're doing so you don't get interference if that makes sense so that does make sense and yes there is some truth to that there's a lot that that is very truthful but the reason for that is because of how 
selfish, self-seeking, self-centered I am, how egotistical I can be, how angry I can get. I'm a very, I'm a spirit having a human experience and I am a human being here and I still have a lot of flaws and I don't act like I'm holier than thou. I don't think I'm some, you know what I mean? Like I don't act like I'm all peaceful all the time. I, you know, there's a guy that, you know, I used to love a lot and, you know, I just, I, I cringe when I hear him talk like this and he's like, you know, he's like, I, I have, I have no fear anymore. I live completely fear-free. I have no problems. I have no uh, jealousy or anger. Um, and I just live a, per you know, and I'm not saying that he doesn't have that, but like when people act that way, I can't relate to that. That's hard for me. You know what I mean? Like, me too, I'm a human. Because uh, there's so many issues in life. It's like, how could you not be? Like, how could you? Like, yeah. Like how we are live you in the matrix? It's like, it's going to happen, right? It's like, you must be enlightened and you just might as well just go up now then if that's the case. But like, I mean, I'm just saying like, that just doesn't make sense. So I don't ever want it. I don't want to ever put that out there that I, that's how I am. I think that the more I do this, the, the more I learn, the more I finally understand that when I go to my higher power, when I go to Jesus and I, or, you know, and I, and I pray and I, and I, and I talk to, you know, my guru, I say things like, I'm seriously flawed. Like I need your help. You know, like I need you. I need you now more than ever, even when life is going good, because I can become complacent and I can rest on my laurels, past accomplishments. I can get real lazy with stuff, you know, um, when things are going well, how easy is it to forget about your God? You know what I mean? Like you can just get into your life and just be like, I got everything under control, everything. But, you know, then when things go bad, it's all you know what I mean? It can't be when only things are going bad. You got to cultivate and work on that connection with him, he, she, it. When things are through all things. That's you part know what of I this mean? world, right? That's part of this learning, the learning lesson. That's part of it. Yeah. He says, he goes, he goes, you see you're coming to me as a weakness, but I see it as the strength that you are realizing more and more that you need to, you know, that you, you know, you, that when you come to me, I can help you more and more, but I can't just continuously save you by grace in the sense of helping you all the time without you asking for me. You have to show me that you want that because I don't want to violate your free will. Think about that. What a yeah. loving parent that is like, unbelievable. That's more loving than I am with my kids. You think I I'm going to just, you know, I was wondering, why do you think we get, and I, I know we don't have a lot of time because I know you yeah. probably got I, I just want, why do you think we get, if we're, if we're, we're, I think I'm pretty sure we reincarnate, right? So we like, do. Yes, we why do. do you think we get the veil of forgetfulness? Is it because we have to relearn lessons or? Oh yeah. Lessons? Oh yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't keep all that information from six past lives. You'd be like, you yeah. would probably misuse the information or you would miss the lessons that's, that would ruin your experience. You'd probably just go crazy or be considered crazy if you, I mean, if you weren't, you know, there's probably a number of reasons why that's not, you know, it's not yeah, set up yeah, like that. that. Sense. Yeah, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because you're choosing before you come back here to come back here. You're choosing 
to the certain situations of your life. You're choosing your parents. You're choosing aspects of your life that you are you are co-creating with God on what's going to happen to you in your next life because, hey, you know, I was this fat, white, rich person in my previous life. And I look down on the poor. Like, do you see how maybe, you know, you did a lot of good. You did give to some people or you did like help a lot of people, but you also look down on a lot of like maybe minorities or like you looked at, like you look down on like poor people or something. Like, do you see how that, that wasn't, you know, and you go, oh man, you're right. So I, you know what? I can actually choose to go back as someone that lives a very modest life of modest means and that might have to struggle financially now that's going to help me wipe away that karma yeah and so there's parts of that that you will choose and some other things you won't choose that it will just be the way things you know are going um like you'll have to go through that i mean some things are just going to happen it's not really fate the way that paramahansa says he goes it's not fate he goes it's it's everything that's happening to you is a result of karma, whether good or bad karma, everything, even the health stuff that happens. I mean, you wonder why people, some guys can live to 103 after drinking a bottle of Jack a day and smoking a pack a day. You know what I mean? Like you've heard those stories that these yeah. people never changed a damn thing, but lived to 103. Yet you got a guy who's 60 years old who lived vegan and worked out every day and died of cancer. Like, how do you explain this kind of thing? Well, karma explains it. Karma is the perfect system that we don't want to admit. Yeah. Because, because, you know, when Jesus said, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Um, he wasn't saying that if you kill someone with a sword in this life, you're going to die by a sword in this life. He's saying that that energy will go with you and it won't, you know, you will have to reckon with it, um, whether in this life or the next life. Yeah, And, you know, Jesus talks about reincarnation in the Bible. And they talk about um, when will we see, um, he says, when will we see the one? Or, you know, they were talking about Elijah. And, you know, I mean, they, you know, Jesus was saying that John the Baptist was Elijah reincarnated. And that he already had come and you missed him, he said. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of other references too, you know, and these things are overlooked at, you know, they're not, they're not. Certain religions are like, no, we're not going to listen to that. You know, Maccabees are books that were taken out of the Bible that mentioned uh, purgatory or a place of the in-between for souls to work out stuff that they didn't get taken care of in this life. So they got to work it out before going into a new life or, or whatever. You know, you're going to keep reincarnating until you finally get off the wheel because you're saying, okay, I'm going to make this my sole focus now in this life that I am looking for my connection to my higher power. And I'm going to help people and I'm going to share and spread love as much as I can. And I'm going to continue to work on myself. Um, I'm going to do work on myself, self-examination, self-review. This is where I grow. This is where, you know, I make strides. It's not in having a fat bank account. Because, you know, I heard something today. It was really cool that when Alexander the Great died, he wanted three, he had three wishes, I think, or he had three requests. One was that he had all the best doctors carry his coffin. Two, 
that he had all of his riches strewn behind the trail of his coffin. And three, that his hands were, were, were put hanging outside of the coffin as, the, as he was being carried. It was an open casket with his hands being laid outside of the coffin. And the reason for these three things is that he said, I want the best doctors carrying my coffin because I don't know if this story is true. I have not been able to validate it, but when I heard it, I just loved it. And I don't give a crap because it's, it's awesome. Uh, that he said he wanted the best doctors to carry his coffins to show everyone that the best doctors can't save you when it's time for you to go. Okay. And no matter how many doctors and the best medical treatment, when it's your time to go, it's, you know, you're going, okay? Two, that he wants the riches shown, showing that, um, that, they're, that these are his riches that he made while here, but that the hands are empty, that he's not taking any of it with him. He cannot take any of it with him to the other side. And that was like a really poignant message, straight up, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It changes. I, I would, I would, I would, I would think that's 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 something about Alexander. I've I've studied a lot of Alexander. I've never heard that, but like, it seemed like he was such an amazing person. The way he it to seemed like, like it. I mean, from what I heard, but I don't know enough, and I don't want to say anything. I mean, maybe he had a bunch of atrocities. I don't know. He conquered people. I mean, whatever. But you know, the fact is, is that that was the time then, and whatever. But that story is a very poignant story. I really understand it, and that's what I tell people. You know, I. I talk about it in my book, you know, finding hope in the afterlife and it's on Amazon. And, and, um, you know, I talk about my journey, how bottom, but you know, when I got out of prison, man, like I wasn't focused on this completely. I was focused on recovery, but I was focused on making money. Like I, I not, you know, like illegally or anything, but like I was going to be an entrepreneur. Like that's all I ever wanted. And I made millions of dollars, after getting out of prison, you know, within a short period of time, like I made a ton of money. Well, maybe and I need was, to talk to you because like, I've gotten so fed up with the nine to five at that. Like I've like, yeah, but you know, okay, I'm doing this podcasting full time, no matter what. And I've, I've made a way for, you know, I've made way avenues for me to have monetization, not just like YouTube ads, you know, but like other stuff, like between merch and, you know, like all kinds, there's all different kinds of ways. Right. And Spotify and all that shit. But like, um, it's like the nine to five is not healthy. It's not, it's not, it's not, I don't, I don't, I, I don't knock anyone with a job. I haven't had to work or any work for anyone in 20 years. And, um, but you know, I can't imagine doing anything else. Now, the problem with that is that when you say you want to talk to me, if you want to do what you love and, and make very little money, then come talk to me. If you, okay, because I make a fraction of what I used to make and I, I do it willingly. Thank God that's, I'm able that's, to still take care too. of my kids. Okay. Well then, then we're in the same boat. You know, I've got a channel with a lot of followers. I've got a TikTok with almost 400,000 people. Oh my I've, God. I've got, you know, a book out. I've got a paid app. I've got a free app. I have events that I do. I do group sessions for people. I do private sessions and readings throughout the month for people. And all of those things I could capitalize on more. I could get more members, but I cut it off because I can't handle it. I could do more readings. I could get more bookings, but I only allow a certain amount of bookings in the month. I could, I could have made a lot of money on my app, the free app, 
but I didn't. Instead, I gave it away for free for 100,000 people to download it. You know what I mean? And I charge a minimal amount for my pro version, paid version of, and, you know, I don't charge a lot of money. So I could probably make a lot more money by being unscrupulous or just taking on a commitments that I can't even deliver on just because I really want that extra money, but I won't do it. Every person I spend time with, I work really hard to help. And I ask my higher power to give them a message that they need. And that's all I can do. And I have to trust and have faith that um, it's all going to work out, that it's it's worked out to this point. I, I'm not homeless. I still have food on the table. I got a shirt on my back, you know, and I get to I get to stay at home with my kids and, and get to do what I I mean. Today, I did a reading for a woman that has been trying to reach out to her husband um through some other like interactive means of like like kind of like um uh, doing some exercises to to bring her like herself to bring her and she was getting frustrated because she was feeling like it was just it wasn't working very well and so she booked a reading with me and the way I do my readings are I don't know anything about you I don't want to know anything about you okay so when I get on the phone with you I do not know who we're reaching I do not know anything the only thing I ask is that you give me your, you know, the first name, first and last name. If we're on the phone, we're on Zoom, you can see me and I close my eyes and I sit there for like 10, 20 minutes and I tell you everything that I'm getting without you saying one word to me. I do not want to hear yes, no, yes, yes, no. I don't want to hear anything. Like I don't want to hear any feedback. So for 20 minutes, I give you what I'm getting and it could be all right. It could be all wrong. It could be half right. And 85, 90% of the time I get done going, does any of that make sense? And they go, yes, 100%, 99%, nine, you know, all of it was right. One thing was off, you know, whatever. I normally get like one or two things off. And sometimes I'm off, you know, because I'm having an off day. But I did this session with this woman today and I and I get this husband and I'm like, oh, I see him, his hair, he's wearing this, uh, he's six feet he's this age or whatever. And, and, uh, I see, you know, this, I see that. And I tell her, and she's like, yeah, that's all right. That's all, you know, uh, that, that that's right. And I said, well, you know, he's not accepting of his death still. He, he loves you. He's around you. He's going to work with you. But right now I see him, he's going off into the woods every other day and he's just taking time. He says, he's just really upset that he died of cancer. He did not want to go. He was a strong, healthy guy. And he's, and she's like, oh my God, that is exactly, and he loved hiking. That's exactly what he would do. That is exactly him. And she got on the phone feeling she was depressed, grief stricken, still feeling really bummed out and, and frustrated by the fact of her, of her attempts that were not getting her any connection. But at the end of this call, she felt a great sense of relief. She had no question in or doubt whether he was coming through and she realized that, oh, it's not about her. It's not because of her. It's not because, you know, he doesn't want to talk to her or whatever. He's just not there yet. He's, he's not accepting of it. And it made the world of difference to her. So now she knows he loves me. He is around me, but I just need to leave him be for a little bit. And in time, he will want to come through another medium or come through, 
you know, my interactive, you know, one of her interactive exercises that she did or whatever, you know what I mean? It, that, that to me was the, that's it, man. I got, I got one more question, but and I know we got to go. This, yeah. is, this is so important. Uh, I've lately, I've been having tingling in my third eye area and in my crown area. I don't know Perfect. why I'm intuitive, why? but I'm not psychic, but I feel like, no. you, you think that might be something opening up or what? someone told me that's just a knowledge thing. Like, but I don't know what it is. Like, oh, that's just, dude, that's awesome. That first of all, that's awesome. Number one. Okay. Two, you are psychic. You're psychic. You're a little bit of medium. You're intuitive. There isn't anything that I have that you don't have. There's nothing. People have that stuff brought out of them more, uh, maybe from birth, because it's just going to come with them from the previous life kind of thing. One of those gifts that came with them. Sometimes it's a it's it's awoken within the middle of the life because the person opened up their third eye and their crown chakra more to receiving the light of God. That's where the light of God comes in. We literally download light from God, from the source, from heaven. It's not like, you know, when, you know, when spirits say, you know, I need the light, they're not just, you know, a lot of them are not saying like, I need the tunnel of light so I can go to heaven. They're saying, I need light to fill my orb, my soul orb full of light. I need God's light. Can you help me with that light? Can you channel that light? Can you bring in that light help? Or can we pray together and bring that light in? And, you know, we can do that. You know, that's what you do. When I give these meditations to people to do before a reading, that is a grounding meditation to ground your, your body to the earth, call in earth energy and call down cosmic light from the heaven and envision light coming from the ground, from earth into your body, filling you energy and light coming from the heaven, like a beam of light shining down through your crown chakra and watch those two energies mix. And that's the best time to do a box session, do a reading, do any intuitive work, whatever. That is a great thing to do. So, you know. Wow. This has been fascinating. I could talk yeah, to you forever. Well, can you tell everybody, but thank you. First of all, Josh, you're awesome. Yeah. To to. And I love talking to you, Robert. Thank yeah, you, man. Can you tell everybody where to find you and where to find your book and how to get the app and stuff like that? Yeah. Everything you can is hope related is hopeparanormal.com. So hopeparanormal.com. You get my book, my app, paid free version, uh, you know, book sessions. You, you know, if, if, if people don't want to spend money on a session, uh, but they want to reach a loved one for $25, you can join in on my Patreon group sessions where you can ask for one name and three questions. So you don't even have to spend a lot of money. And if you want to just do one month to try to ask for a loved one, you can have access to the group and the group session for 25 bucks. I mean, so I try to give everyone, everyone has an option to do something if they want, even on a free version, you know, on a free level, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, well, uh, thank you again, man. And I'll send you a link when I post it. Cool. I, I'll, I'll share it. You know, I'll share it. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. I'll see you, Josh. All right, brother. Thanks, man.